than some putty eye, even if we day old, y'all put your hands up, nah, put your hands down, put them in the ground, mix it with the brown, it's that new sound, even if it's age old, fresher than some putty eye, even if we day old, oh, Like if you if your mic is about you know Joe Joe Rogan always says like a yeah. fist from your yeah. thing like if you you can flip the mic upside down too if you want I put it upside down like that but you can flip it over just twist this guy here and then you can rotate it uh, if you want okay. it that way yeah and then cool when you got it that's much it. better thank you yeah so that's coming from coming down from below one fist bro. <laughs> he tells people that like every single podcast pretty much seems like because he's listening to it and he hears it and he wants the quality to be up and then other people aren't paying attention to their feedback because right. if i'm talking like this like yeah. what the fuck you can't hear yeah, it, right? yeah 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 how many of these have you done so this will be episode 34 nice i didn't know you're doing this yeah it's cool is it so it's probably like mostly farmers and um sex addicts or <laughs> uh yeah well we go we go esoteric in, in in a lot of ways okay so so you know bring in bring in things that are you know hidden or not necessarily mainstream to the focus. oh so you're, this isn't like farming kind it's it's drake's inner inner thoughts on what farming of the mind <laughs> raising microbial consciousness okay so you know my, the microbial secret society right podcast <laughs> got it so yeah you're uh i've always been interested with how you're so um tuned into that world that's um like the dirt eating thing and bathing like when you and uh your girlfriend were talking about the bathing and the what did you guys call it it's like a earth bath or something like that i can't remember is that, is that I, I am a spa maybe where you're like lame and yeah yeah that was that's a trip was well, so the, the the theory behind that is that the microbes are making love so when you're talking about sex addicts, <laughs> the, the microbes are just making love. How do you know? That, that's, not... what, that's what the heat is. Huh. It's not a fight. No, they're they're consuming things and reproducing. They're not they're not like warring. My, microbes don't battle the same way humans do. They don't kill each other, they're procreating. Well, like microbes will eat the food and if there's none left they just kind of give up they don't they don't necessarily like war huh 
the same way. They, they just kind of yield. Right. Interesting. But but all, but all those microbes on you are just are, are are making love. You're in a um you're in a pile of of microorganisms like and the, the heat of, it's the heat of love like you know you know when you make love it's been a while <laughs> <sighs> there's some vague memories yes well do you remember heating up like in in the moment like when you there's there's a certain way of like you know you can just be putting a um stick in a knot hole so to say like thuk, 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 like stick in a knot hole but then there's another type of love where it's like a, a connection, like a, a heat transfer, like where you just like start sweating and you're just like, you know, right. different than just like sweating because you're working out. It's like sweating because you're right internally. Yeah. I got heat. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's uh, I'm, people call me OCD a lot and um, I'm kind of a germaphobe. I don't know if you know that about me before you invited me on the microbial podcast. Um, in a weird way, like not in the way that most people are, you know, I don't use like sanitizers and shit, but uh, I, I've been showering with mostly stream water for 12 years unless I'm at the gym or the yoga studio, which I really like that because I hate you know, the chlorine and all that crap. Um, but I think it's more with other people's, like if I'm in town, I use my shirt to open doors. You know, I'll like walk around and cheap shit on the farm and stuff like that. But I just kind of, yeah, like other humans, bacterias, I don't really want them unless... I'm really close with that person. You know, I don't want like strangers and I'm mostly use clean cleanliness shit, just like organized. Like I need, I like to have my space like really organized and just kind of clean. And especially with like mold out here, you know, that's one that I got really sick from for a while and kind of realized how much I needed airflow and Hamakura to not get black mold, which is just so gnarly. Um, but I, yeah, so that's just some context to my thing with bacteria. And I've always liked your relationship with microbes and bacteria because I know that it's a lot deeper language than I understand. And you understand it and take it to a level that I'm not ready to take it to. But uh, yeah, I love what you're doing. And I saw that picture the other day of you guys drinking something and <laughs> I commented on it too because Evan Rock's face. He's like he's such a sweet guy like him. And he's looking at you like, huh, really? You like got out. I think feel like I would look. I don't know. What were you guys drinking in that picture? Uh, one one of them was either the noni juice. Oh. Or it was made from Tangelo. Okay. So, so we took two, two of those things and uh, in, individually, and uh, just fermented them with sugar. That's that, that sugar you just gave me. Okay. We we just took like tangelos and cut them in quarters and mixed it with about an yeah, um, equal weight of sugar. Huh. So it's a fair amount of sugar. Yeah. But then it then it comes out with this juice that's like 
um, you know, fermented and really like it's it's the the essence of the because the, the microbes kind of break it down through fermentation right so you're not really ingesting like a ton of sugar it's kind of similar to kombucha like where it's eating it up before it's coming into you or you're not yeah it will, you well usually but then i i also then add more sugar to it to preserve it at, at room temperature huh. you, you don't you don't necessarily need to do that but but when I when I drink it, you saw us just taking straight shots. Yeah. Usually, like that much, I'm diluting it into water, so it's only like like a, a percentage of that. Like it's it's maybe like a few drops or something for for a plant. Huh. And for for me, I just add it a little bit to taste. Like I don't want I don't want it too sweet, right. so I just add it just you know, and then you get the flavor of what either you know noni or tangelo. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, Nani is some good medicine for sure. It's definitely, I've never messed with the Tangelo concentrate, but love drinking some Nani. Well, my, my thought on the Tangelo is that it's vitamin C. Mm. Like what, what could get you more like vitamin C than like an extract of like a, you know, Tangelo, which yeah. is just like a juicy ass orange. Right. Yeah, I was talking in the, uh, the, the I guess, the Natch is like selling out of vitamin C right now because everybody's tripping about the coronavirus. And um, I was, I ran out. I, I buy the uh, Garden of Life one that's made from uh, organic citrus and fruits. They extract that similar to, I mean, it's, I don't think it's nearly as bioavailable as what you're talking about. But because the rest of vitamin C out there is junk, it's like made from GMO corn, this like the citric acid and stuff. It's all, you know, it's made in China, most of it. I, it's been a few years since I went down the wormhole with it, but there's only a few companies that produce um, a vitamin C supplement that's made from organic. Well, there's only one actually that I know about in the stores. I'm sure there's more online, but... Uh, yeah, that's how I haven't been getting citrus lately. So it's kind of, yeah, usually I'm down with some tangerines, but. Oh, we, we just finished tangelo season and I mean, our tree was just dripping. Nice. Just, there's still ones on there that they're kind of moldy. Like we couldn't pick them all. Nice. But, but I figure those will fall and like replenish the roots. And sure. I just sprayed it and it's actually starting to flower again. Oh, nice. I was like, wow, this tree is incredible. Huh? Yeah, some of them are real good. I have a lemon uh, tangerine cross that does that. It's just like constantly going off. Mm. Totally tastes like a lemon. I don't eat it like a mm. tangelo or tangerine, but exactly shaped like a tangerine, but has a lemon thing. And so those the way those yield out here is so awesome. Like no other. I wish like the avos did that too. Like as soon as they drop, they pretty much start going again. I mean, that would be a good source to start do, doing this process we did to make uh, vitamin C extract. Yeah. Like Heck yeah. Fruit. Yeah. For your homies, I'm sure it gets involved if you're, you know, labbing it out or selling it and stuff. But yeah. yeah. Might, things might go that way. Yeah. Plant yeah. medicine. Yeah. It might be hitting you up for vitamin C. And I was trying to, I was thinking about that today, like with the making essential oils and everything. It's like, well, shit, we get all our containers from uh, China mostly. 
like it's not like I'm locally sourcing my glass containers. <laughs> so I was thinking about just ways to, you know, disperse the essential oils and medicines and stuff if we didn't have if shit got super zombie kind, you know, with this one or whatever. But yeah, this must be a fascinating the have you already talked about the coronavirus on this? No, no, no. I mean I, I largely uh I largely think it's made up. Ah, okay. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. We'll see. I, I, yeah. I did just finish watching uh Ige and Dr. Park, not my Dr. Park, but a different Dr. Park, like the state person talking about how someone that was on a cruise in Mexico died and then that boat went to all like Hilo and yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so so I think it's like uh they're trying to scare folks and they just say, Oh, this one is, that one isn't to like just it's like lurking amongst us. Right. Maybe. I think we'll know the truth about that in a month or so. You know, like because do you believe that like the bubonic plague happened and some of those things that have happened over the years? Well, I know a solution to it. There were there were a few robbers during the bubonic plague that could go into infected houses and steal. <laughs> and, this is a good, okay. I'm fascinated by the story. Yeah, and and the police the police couldn't catch these guys. They like people people would just get the plague and they'd fucking die, right? And these and then all of a sudden like they'd be like plague zone. Like no one would go in there to steal, but these certain band of people would go in and steal all the shit. And the police weren't mad about them stealing. Instead, they wanted to know how they could go into the infected zone and leave without getting infected and how they could loot this shit without getting the plague. Right. And? So the secret? Vetiver oil. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Tell me. What was vetiver oil? Yeah, come on. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. So they wore garlic necklaces. Oh. And it, like, that's how... I heard that about onions too. If you leave onion out, it absorbs. Is that the same thing with the garlic? I don't know. That's I think that's a different thing that's happening. But but garlic is is one of the solutions that we prepare and we tincture it. But but it it it's like a powerful um, you know it kills pathogenic bacteria. Or just makes makes the situation clean for human friendly life. Hmm. And what's the reference on that story? Like is there a like where did you hear it? Uh, it's it's well known, like like throughout time, like even Louisiana had similar the tales of folks that, like the the I was just talking with Suze about it. The lay, you know, it's in Hawaiian culture, and today we give flower lay. But <laughs> but the lay of wearing like garlic, like if I was a medicine man, if you came to me and you said you had some ailment. I'd probably make a lay and put like some cinnamon, some garlic, you know, and then give it to you and let you wear it. And then you, that would be like your medicine. Huh. But today we just think of lays as like flowers and this like hobby thing, right? Right. Interesting. I'm going to look that up. We, we wish you had like the Jamie, you know. We, we can Get say, <laughs> if we say the right words, my phone will speak to us. <laughs> right. It's, it's listening to us right now. But yeah. It's just not, we didn't. It's yeah. Gosh, it's so quick. I was, uh, I video chat with my best friend in New York a lot. And as soon as he said something yesterday, like 
I was video chatting on Instagram. And then like, as soon as he said it, like I was scrolling while I was talking to him and it popped up. Like what are you talking about? I was like, God, that was quick. Usually it's like a little later. You know? I, so Dom was here. Dom Walska. Oh, nice. Walska's was good. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> to tote. I, I was, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and he was chilling and we were, uh, and I was explaining microbes to him about things. And I talked about grappling hooks. For, for ninjas that need grappling hooks like you know you need to train with grappling hook if you're going to be a good right. ninja fucking amazon grappling hooks and yeah. I, they're only 29 dollars, and i thought about buying them <laughs> it could be looked at as a good thing you know like it's like oh yeah i do i do want that or but that was a private conversation you know sure. I, I wasn't i wasn't saying hey i gotta be careful what say listen if i say the yeah, right words I it'll know. it'll like like yeah we sign it over every app that we download so yeah well I, i'm an i mean i'm an app developer i write apps yeah and privacy and all that stuff is a huge deal right um and big data and what it, you know it's it's what what you do with it yeah yeah hopefully they're just trying to sell us shit i'd like to think that anyway because well, that's chill. tracked and profiled like so so it's back to the coronavirus with this i think it's like oh, yeah. a canary in the mine shaft of like some some guy whispered to his friend watch i can make this whole pa thing panic it's not even real it's less deadly than the common cold the corona beer is more deadly like <laughs> and and people are flipping the fuck out it just randomly pops up and he he bet his friend he said watch i can make i'll show you how much because the government is like is like saying no this is actually coming from the people the people are like quarantine us lock us down huh. the government's not saying like quarantine us lock us like the people it's from the media it's from this social media this frenzy that's then coming back where the government's actually like oh my god you guys are li like one person on a cruise ship died like fucking people die on cruise ships all the time from broken hips and all kinds of stuff yeah yeah i think the alternative argument or debate that's happening right now is the rate that it's spread and like the infection rate not you know that it's killing a lot of people but that it was some i'm not diverse enough in either way but the few things that i did read i just kind of gathered that like if it was going to be of any substance it what we wouldn't even know for like another month or so whether it was an actual something you know like a plague like another you know one of the um what do they call them epidemics is that right well like like the plague of like the bubonic plague the one yeah. you mentioned or yeah. like the black death of europe that happened maybe a couple times or the right. mongol horde and these different like or the hawaiian islands when they brought smallpox here and wiped out 90 percent of the population within a you know 50 year right. span right yeah that i mean that's like that, that would be my stuff. concern yeah when looking at history like how many times it's happened like it's a possibility that you know i'm in the same boat as you as like it's probably a bunch of crap right now but i'm also you know we'll see well you know we're we're healthy i'm sure it'll be fine well, well yeah, my, so. my thought on it is people are reacting by like 
putting more antibacterials out and you, you said you're kind of germaphobe with antibacterials but for, for what I, no 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 but but i better not i'm not trying to like pin you or anything but but what i'm what i'm gonna say is like so some people take a germaphobe and they germax all the time or like the, this other way right but, but what you're saying like what you're saying is you just don't want to pick up public germs you'd rather get your indigenous germs from home yeah and like wallow in those which i which i totally vibe with but i think what people are doing is instead they're going home and cloroxing everything right and, like, and that's making their home now less indigenous and more prone to infection right yeah it's like creating it more by this that's interesting like yeah their solution is creating the problem actually like right. if you want to have coronavirus spray clorox if you don't want to have it take those microbes right there or lactic acid bacteria or like a yogurt probiotic type yeah. of thing and put that around your house. Yeah. Let that do the fighting for you. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not in some of those houses, man, that are like the ones with the AC and the central heating and stuff that just like, if I, when I'm traveling, if I stay at hotels, I'll like block that if I can, you know, that, just circulating everybody's like breath and their, their, uh, yeah. No, it's it, actually, I, I heard a scary fact the other day, like fact, whatever that, that means, but that people breathe something like 60% of their air is, is, um, air conditioned, you know, or, or maybe it was even 80%. I don't know if we, if we had a Jamie, we could look that shit up. Right. Because it's like something like 80% of the air now, like, you know, like our percentage of, of air conditioned air we're breathing is just exponential. Yeah. And just take Papaiko School, for instance, Kalananaoli right there. Is that whole thing AC? They used to have windows up until like three to five years ago. And now the entire building's sealed and air conditioning. Ah. Gnarly. And it and, and what happened is the the classroom is cold. Yeah. So all the kids are now have to wear hoodies and it's like they're in a morgue. <laughs> like they're like preserving these bodies or uh, something. It's got so much ocean breeze right there too. But they said the highway noise, which which is true, but they could have easily built a wall to deflect the noise yeah. versus walling in this or yeah. prisoning the school. Kids. Yeah. And put in fans and insulate it, you know. Like out here in the summer, like a lot of the, you know, people that get money, they'll put insulation just to keep the heat down and, so, you know, and not, they don't do AC. Like a lot of these big Hamakua mansions and shit, it's fans, ocean breeze, insulation. That'd be, yeah, that'd be probably ideal for the school too. That's too bad. I was just looking at that school today at the, just how I was looking at the architecture of it. It's kind of odd. It's like, looks like a old, uh, I don't know, like an old institution of some sort, like the, the way the windows are shaped. It's an interesting building. Yeah, I don't know the history. I mean, it seems almost like it's like the, the from the reservation, like the military, you know, like, like mm. they put the, the Hawaiian children into these like dormitory military, like prison things, you know. Huh. And like right right there is traditionally where where the garden was it yeah. is uh it used to be the rail you know the railroad went right through there uh, so like that was like where the right i think the railroad stopped right there uh, you know it does kind of look like an old train station or something like that definitely not a school <laughs> like because certainly something prior to that 
it'll be interesting to yeah. see how, you know the you know this this land here was sugarcane where we are today sure this whole coast this whole area was you know sugarcane camps up until you know like from the you know once they took it from the, the kuleana of like ohana land to then you know then big sugar got this area yeah developed it I think first they did like forestry. They they just cut all the nice. This I was told this area right here, because you're in the same almost the same watershed as me. Hmm. It, it was ohia and lahala trees. Huh. Lahala up here, because the forests are so, or the the the, the valleys are so steep. Yeah. Lahala is like anchor points. You know how it reaches in and it can. You like look at Waipio Valley where it clings on the cliffs. Lahala. Like yeah, the big fruits. Well, they, they're not fruits, wow. but the, the air pineapple, bro. Well, yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah, that it was one. like famine food back in the day. You could cook that. Yeah. I don't know. I would never, like, you could make alcohol out of it or something. Sure. Yeah. But I, did, thought, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah. You have to be super fucking hungry. <laughs> right. That um, species was, I'd say, like 80% responsible for the landslides that I saw during Lane. Because the root structure is shitty and it's so heavy. So when the wind blows, it stresses out the soil a lot. So a lot of those slides, um, I, I'd be surprised if they were using it for that long term and not so much weaving and stuff. But like the erosion aspect, um, they can be kind of gnar for sure. Well, that, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. Because I, I, I mean, you, you know a lot about erosion on these coasts because you, you do vetiver, and and like with the the vetiver solution to anchor our soils in, right? Yeah, and the ohias aren't bad because they're kind of like uh, skinnier, you know, and they're lighter. They're not, but those fruits, man, they're so heavy. The lalas and all those. It looks like it has this boss root system, but it's all above ground doesn't really go much deep at all i can't carry the weight of if it's not on the flat it's it causes a lot of issues for sure hmm. yeah it was that was what i learned in lane most of anything was like that plant drops for the cliffs Oh, oh, out on the cliffs, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would imagine out on the cliffs more than the rivers, because the 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 cliffs it's getting battered by wind head on versus in a valley it's right. more um sheltered in a certain degree from like that type of wind. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, I don't really see it on the uh, riverbeds much, but I don't know. I don't really cruise riverbeds anymore. I used to just do that all day and get bananas, but I, I, it's been a while since I've hiked up a river. <laughs> yeah, different different priorities for sure. Yeah. 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 I remember just like, I'd go down to the river and go explore and stuff. And these right. days I'm like grinding rust off a trailer. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, is depressing or like crappy as that sound i guess it's relative like you know when you're in your 20s it's nice to have that time to just kind of wander around eat food and you're not really concerned about giving back or like you know 
being some sort of contribution to what you've noticed is going on at a younger age while you sat at the river. <laughs> I, I learned a lot, a lot of foundations. Yeah. Pro propel me into seeing like this whole, this whole thing that we're in, you know, like, yeah. That's why I'm on the, the path I am with these solutions. All right. We, we owe it all to the, the river talk. <laughs> <laughs> I think Knox has got a song about that. Something about sitting by the river. Yeah. Well, he, he wrote most of his song or like a lot of his songs at your place. Yeah. Not, not yeah. Yeah. I was telling somebody about that today. I think, uh, I don't know, maybe 80% of them or something like that. My favorite one though, he didn't write there. Is uh, love letters to God. Really like that one, and he wrote that kind of I don't know on the road somewhere. I think, I think it was like during Standing Rock kind of idea because that's where oh, the right. video for that occurred. You know, it's kind of like this. Yeah. Idea of like almost God abandoning all those folks up there, and it was interesting to see the difference between. Um, what happened with Standing Rock and Mauna Kea. I know, dude. Let's talk about that. What the fuck? We can swear, right? Shit, yeah. Well, how the fuck did that go down, dude? How come they got fucked out of that one and we didn't? Is the Standing Rock? In those yeah. Um, Just too much fucking... I don't get it. I don't get it. It, it came down to aggression and, and the, the concept of Kapu Aloha, which was totally reaffirmed and established in a way that I don't think the world has seen before of the power. It's, it's like a Gandhi, like the power of love, this peaceful non-compliance of you're not you're not non-complying with nature. You're in 100 percent compliance with nature and you just realize that there's egos and there's people that need to be fed and stuff but standing rock escalated into where i mean largely largely the mount mauna kea was was lucky that we were on an island and and we had enough people because standing rock they called in guys from minnesota were doing most of the you know the national guard from other states came over so folks that don't know that don't have the same struggle the same capacity they're just trying to send food you know you know buy whatever back home but here on this island they tried to bring guys in from maui and and oahu and then they found out that what oh, us uncles brought us the kind <laughs> right and and they found out like on an island it's more obvious that we're one family yeah where is that standing rock? I don't think it was. I think a big part of it too is the weather. I think they, I mean, not only that they didn't have that structure that the Hawaiians have with, you know, they're not as tribed out and like separated. And I don't really know anything about standing rock um, as far as like how they were orchestrating their demonstra demonstration and whatnot. Um, but uh, that winter, I know that that's kind of when the cookie crumbled for the fight, isn't it? When the cold ass negative some shit hit is when they was that when they laid their pipes. Do you remember? 
Well, well, even even just like Mona up here, if the winter comes and the crew shrinks down to like bare bones of who's right. there, and it's like a set of folks that's not like they're not the people. They're these people that are this rainbow tribe that shows up to like hold the front lines and they occupy that space and and made it you know made us stand there and, but are ill-equipped and just wonder you know wonder children holding holding the space for the bigger vision but the but the winter up there is brutal yeah on monica well no both places oh, yeah. i mean the winter winter is just like you know so but in Hawaii, there's there's also a tradition of winter is the season of of lono right. and is of makahiki. And if you, I mean, if you're gonna violate that like energy that's been resonating here for thousands of years, then you're gonna be bold. Right. So it's better to adhere to you know like. Is that over now? Yeah, yeah. Well, makahiki's coming to a close. When is that ending? The official one's about March 8th for like public. Oh, shit. Yeah. Right. Freaking three days. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming uh -huh. right now. Interesting. But, but, you know, it, I think the, the differences in between, like, you know, the, 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 um, you know, one, one, one is about a telescope that we don't necessarily need, and the other is about oil that we still need to transition out of. Right. And we cannot cut off our own head with oil. Right. And you know, and it's and it's also, you know, the the people you know, like in Standing Rock, if you're if you're there, you're burning oil to stay warm. Right. Just because that's how it is today. It's it's not our fault, it's not anybody's fault. It's just like that's that's conditions today. So it's in, impossible to be a hypocrite there. Wow. Versus Maunakia, it's not like guys right. aren't there trying to like set up telescopes to like see this stuff you know like right. they're there to say like no we need to reprioritize the aina here and before we go spend a billion dollars here and and create something that then is not in alignment with creating a better watershed now then let's address the watershed first get it thriving and then it's like okay now a telescope right yeah like, you got hope for all this like just to, I guess, before you answer that, I'd say like one, some of the stuff that I get really discouraged about, um, like the injection wells they do on Maui, like when knowing about that kind of shit, I'm like, fuck, dude, we're fucked. I mean, maybe we're not fucked, but as somebody who's like into the water and soil, like we both are and like understanding kind of what's going on with different shit. I I was very hopeful like when I started the Vetiver shit like 15, 14 years ago or whatever, but now I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know, man, shit's getting so fucking dirty already. Like that old saying about how they, you know, I don't know who, Sitting Bull maybe is till the last stream is poison and they won't stop, something along those lines. It's kind of, I worry about that state. I worry about that prophecy that he said with you know just all this kind of things that we're talking about the people of the land and the authority kinds and anyway not to uh not to be too optimistic <laughs> bring some sunshine to this podcast 
Well, I talk, I talk about it in a in a very real thing of, of on the, on this podcast a couple of times. Like, like I, we, we may not have listened to the episodes, and maybe the person listening right now hasn't listened to it either. But, but there's a few episodes where I talk about basically like imagine that jug, and it's in and right now it's half full, right? So if it was doubling, when is it going to be? You know, if it doubles every minute and it's half full, in the next minute it's going to be full, right? Mm-hmm. So that was that was just like okay, but imagine it was almost empty in an, an hour ago. Okay, following you. So one hour ago, that jug there's just one drop of water in there, but then the drop of water was gonna double, and then that was gonna double, it was gonna double, and every minute it doubled till it got to this right now, which is 59 minutes. Cause the last time it's going to double is the 60th minute where it's going to fill. Cause the last, this water is going to double, right? The last time, yeah. every, every time it's going to double. Right. So, so this is, this is what you call exponential growth or like doubling growth is, is this growth where like in the last minute it's going to, it's going to go. So most people think when things are half full, like this jug is half full, they think, oh, well, we got as much time as it took to fill up this way, right. and we got in that same amount of time. So if it was 200 years here, then we got 200 years on this side. Sure. But what I'm saying here with this jug and this thing in this case was it was fucking, you know, 30, like 200 years, you know, like whatever was, was what, like you're in the last bit. Like, you know, if you say we got 50% of something left, it's not like, oh, well, it took us 200 years to get 50%. So we got 200 more years. to get. We say there's 50% left. It's like, we got one more minute. So you're not hopeful at all. And you think that it's about to double. Is that what you're, you know, what, what, analogy, what, what, what I'm what I'm saying with this is that in our, in our real life, the things double about instead of every minute, they double about every 20 years. So, so for us, every 20 years, we double the amount of oil we use. Every 20 years, we double the amount of gold. We don't, you know, everything we use is, is every 20 years, we double it. So, so in this case here, where we say, oh, okay, here is like the lot, you know, was, you know, half full. And then the last minute, well, it, it means for us, if any, any resource is at half, and you could say this is depleting it as well as, as well as growing it. But you say the resource is at half. Then most, instead of one minute, it's 20 years until we use the last bit of it. Wow. Well, there's probably a reason that uh, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are eyeing up other planets. They might know some things about. Well, well, so, no, no, no. So, so that's that's a good that's a good analogy because because this then then let's get another jug of this equal capacity and put it right next to it. Right. And, and if you've doubled this one in the last minute, you doubled this. Now take this full jug and double it again for the next minute, which is only twenty more years, and you got a whole nother full jug, which is more than you ever fucking ever had in this jug that you started with and the sustainable jug that you had. If you continue the growth without some sort of huge, you know, setback, you only bought yourself 20 more years with a whole nother planet. And then, and then 20 more years, you're going to need two planets. And then 40 years from now, you're going to need, you know, eight 
in 40 years you're gonna need four there you're gonna need 64 planets like and it's only like 100 years from now you're gonna need like 100 planets to be what we are on today in terms of growth trajectory wow and use of resource like when you say how many fish are in the ocean well there's 50 percent. okay well that means we got 20 years oh how much oil oh there's 50 percent. 20 years uh, maybe maybe say there's 75 percent maybe 80 percent maybe 90 percent that means there's only 60 more years of this stuff even if there's 90 percent left there's only 60 more years. Like that's almost, that's our, almost our lifetime if we get really lucky. So we should just go to Vegas, yeah? No, no, no. So what I'm, so what I'm saying, <laughs> like, like if you understand that, and what I'm saying is, is there's no real hope for like most things. Hmm. But what there is hope for is for people that are Akamai that understand, like you understand the vetiver. And if you understand nature and how to grow food and how to be a productive human being without this other stuff then you're going to survive this thing that's like we're headed towards the wall and we're not even slowing down we're speeding up as we're heading you know we got 20 more years and we're we're not slowing down no one's like oh less not on a significant level yeah everyone's going more yeah and we're just in the last like five minutes yeah that and so so imagine imagine like what this usually is done is a bacteria and imagine your bacteria breeding and you're at half full. Do you think you're going to meet with the other bacteria and be like, we need to do something about growing? At what point, though? At 25%, at 30%, at 10%, 5%? Like, those are only like 50, 60 years from the end, you know? Not if a bubonic plague comes in. No, no, but that's, it, but that's it. But that's the reckoning back, right? That's the nature coming. That's the micro because you've been out of alignment of living with the microbial secret society. Mm. Then the microbes come back as reapers to to regain their resources back in a in a way that is non toxic. Right. Trippy times, my man. So, no hope with vetiver. <laughs> Uh, well, from what I, I mean, you're way more of a scientist than I am. Like, um, buff. if there's anything that can clean stuff that's been proven to, uh, it's mushrooms and vetiver are like, you know, you're into some things that I'm not educated on with bacteria, but um, so I'm sure you have things to add to that, but, um, yeah, I mean, it can clean up a lot. Uh, it, it's it, the tools there to contain the toxins that we're creating in the tropics and to sink the CO2 and, you know, the vetiver can, can do all that if everybody worked together diligently to give a shit, like the injection wells are really hard because they're so deep. And like, that's why I use that as an example, because it scares me the most. Um, Cause it's so, I think they're like 30 feet in the ground or something. I think they're doing one here for that, uh, that little wood fire plant, John, whatever that thing's called. So you're talking about they're, they're taking cooling water and then injecting it back into the aquifer. Um, no, Maui County solid waste takes their landfill leachate and shoots it into injection wells in the ground for storage they pump it into their water supply it's contained in i believe it's a cement 
uh, casing. So it's gonna fail at some point and leach into all the shit. I don't even know if there's any stainless steel. I mean, stainless steel is the only metal that can withstand oxidization of soil and it's expensive as shit. So that's why when they hang these gulch mesh nets, those are all stainless steel rods that are driven in 20 feet and they suck in that different kind of nets on different places. So I, you know, I, I was working with the Maui guys a while ago. I don't remember the specs, but I remember it scaring the shit out of me that, and it's pretty well known. They actually got fined for it, I think. So anyway, yeah, those things are hard to deal with, with vetiver because it's so deep. You'd have to pump it out and then pump it into a vetiver field, but vetiver will suck up leachate, which is the most toxic shit that we make. It's the seepage of the landfill, you know, so lithium batteries and all that crap, you know, that seepage from a whole town. And that's the thing that's pissed me off the most about the Hilo landfill is that there's no liner on it. So all that leachate has been seeping through Hawaiian homelands into Keokaha, where we all swim. And they did a big study about that, but they, uh, uh, I had a friend who was on board as a college student with those guys. I think they got $500,000 there from California to come out and give some study. And that he, I remember he told me this comment. They said that the secret to pollution is dilution. And, you know, we were just like, fuck, you know, like, and I've come at them so many times, the land, the Hilo landfill and the solid waste here, because it's where we're at mostly. And yeah, so they just capped it. Um, a lot of this, yeah, so they just capped it. I don't know what that involves. It's all still in there. You know, hopefully it's, it's, it'll be covered now. So it won't get con whatever's leached out and has leached out, but the rain won't continue to wash all that garbage through, but that's just one landfill out here. And, um, yeah, I guess to just, you know, give some context to the people that listen to this, that are into vetiver, like Biloxi, Mississippi is a really great, um, Western landfill leachate disposal that was done, um, where they pump all their leachate into a vetiver field for it to be contained and it's just going to lock all that within the root system so that it doesn't spread to water sources and it's not going to change its form and a lot of the guys in the veteran network well not a lot a couple of them are still trying to study like how it's making things go inert or you know what it's you know like arsenic is one of the things that vetiver absorbs but there can be organic compounds of arsenic that aren't super toxic to humans but you know then that's the whole realm that that is not my shit but paul truong and um on vetiver.org has quite a bit of scientific papers for like getting into well vetiver.org or just google anything with has a lot of um michigan state university did a cool one a couple years ago on the lead absorption and we had a contract to absorb all the lead at a firing range ukamahami firing range on maui with the uh not the national guard but 
I forget one of the branches. And me and Paul were like, hell yeah, man, freaking they're trying to suck up all because when you, know, you shoot all these lead bullets, like it's lead's freaking gnarly. We had that recent thing on Big Island with all the schools from the lead paint. Anyway, um, yeah, Flint, Michigan. I mean, yeah, lead's horrible. But yeah, and we ended up we didn't have our contractor's license at the time. And we developed a friendship with the people that were specking the project because they were just cool and we were nice to them or whatever. And yeah, some D-bag protested when we won the contract that we didn't have our license and because they didn't give a shit. They were going to let us do it. And then they were like, oh, we're going to cancel the project just so you know you're not going to get it because you're the next highest bidder. Because he bid like 500 grand. We bid like 200,000 or something like that. Um, yeah, so they canceled it and I hit them up about every six months for the last five years <laughs> trying to get them to do that because we got our license now. But they're, uh, yeah, they, they, I, at one point they said they're going to do all the firing ranges because we got one helo and yeah. So anyway, I've been super discouraged with a lot of the county shit that I've been barking at. And I try to remember how minuscule my time is and it's only been you know 10 years 14 years that i've been pushing this but somebody will carry it on or whatever but hopefully shit's not too weird by then i don't know man it's so freaking odd right now it's just some of the shit that goes down like that wood fire thing is bizarre as hell but everybody's tied into the grid bitching about it too so it's kind of not everybody but it's it's tough like you were saying about the oil thing like for people that are using electricity to protest somebody who produces electricity like and it's the system we're in and i don't know man i went to freaking japan for christmas and i went to i never been to tokyo before and i went down there for four days <laughs> and I was like, dude, anything I've ever done in my entire life to try to preserve the environment doesn't mean shit because half of this block is producing more than I could ever do. And that was a freaking, yeah, I mean, I, I bounced pretty quickly. I couldn't handle the, you know, I thought it'd be fun for a minute to be in the lights and all that crap. But yeah, it's fucking dark when you go to the cities, dude. It's like. But just to side note, some positive thing to all that negative shit I'm talking about is uh, our brother Yoav, who is a good inspiration for us. He he had this uh, podcast that he gave that I got from Mary that was on this iPod that I borrowed from her like maybe 10 years ago or something. I don't know. It was uh, Rupert Sheldrake. You know this guy? Morphogenetic field. Uh, morphic resonance. Oh. Yeah. So just this theory that he tested that I should look into again because it was inspiring as hell in the sense of nothing matters as much as whatever you feed is going to perpetuate. And it's a very hopeful, maybe naive, I don't know. But as far as emotionally, it's certainly comforting to think about like so if we're feeding into the fear, you know, buying antibacterials or whatever, or we're, what we're feeding, 
And that could be a game changer. You know, we might feel real discouraged right now, but maybe in five years, we're going to be like, holy shit, guys, now that we can all talk to each other, we just figured something out. If we all, whatever, you know, tap into this part of our parts or our strength or you know to move something in some direction maybe it could be a big shift and right now especially with you looking at face poop and stuff you're like oh like everybody's kind of in this like yeah we're fucked you know like that's kind of what facebook whether it's true or from their algorithms or whatever but so anyway yeah reminder for rupert sheldrake and morphic resonance because uh that shit's real because, I mean, you see it in other people too. Like, you know, if they're into whatever they're into, they're creating more of that. Like, I got this young girl that's working on the farm and she's just super positive and like happy, bubbly, like doesn't know anything about injection wells or any of that shit. And, you know, she just surrounds herself that she. I watch, you know, calls in good people. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Like, just, it's definitely, uh, there's other ways to word that, but yeah. So we'll see. I think it's like a state of innocence that you, that you come to in those, those solutions, but, but I, uh, well, so what I, what I wanted to, to give you a little more hope. Oh, nice. Is that the same? This so the same solutions that we have to employ against these other problems that we have. Like we have these exponential problems, right? We're using more oil more often. You know, it's accelerating. We got less and less. But but if we take the oil and we use it, and then we like use it to plant more vetiver. Like imagine, imagine if we didn't have oil and then we said, oh, now we got to plant vetiver, how hard that is versus if we use the oil that we have and we start shifting this trajectory, like my, my, my goal is to to burn as much fucking fossil fuel as I can, because like you said, it doesn't matter against Tokyo. When I go to Seoul, none of my my recycling matters. And and so I come here and I got a bigger truck to do more work, to do more bioremediation, to spread this idea to more, more mind. Right. But so the the education is exponential. Your vetiver, when you plant it, you don't just plant it and like, oh, you got to make more. No, when you plant it, those vetivers you plant make more vetivers. And you're in an exponential business. And if you manage it that way, your exponential growth, you're on this curve going towards just like, if you keep planting vetiver, eventually this entire island would be vetiver. Right, because you, you it makes more and it makes more and it makes more, and the same as our solutions of the microorganisms. If I put microbes here and I feed them, then they start growing and they start you know making more. These you know like all these systems that I have going on this farm and I try to engage in are exponential the other way, but using this microphone, Amazon, the the internet, iTunes your 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 mobile device you're listening on right now or you know to to exponentially see that that's gonna happen where we're gonna run out of shit if we keep going the costco way but if all of a sudden you go out and your vetiver doubled overnight isn't that good like how often does your vetiver double uh, i was trying to think about that um it, it... Like maybe uh, 20 times in uh, four to six months. 
That's amazing. Yeah. But you got to take think, care think, no, of no, it. no, 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 but you do. You do. Yeah. But think of that as an investment. What is like, like, like guys in Wall Street are trying to make like a five, ten, you know, 10% return. They're like, dude, you're doubling some shit in five months. You're making 20 times in five months, right? Like, like just, I mean, it, granted, it's not the same value, but you're, you're growing penny stocks. <laughs> Definitely penny stocks. <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate the encouragement, man. Yeah. And I'm glad that. I have a livelihood that is a solution base to go towards and it sucks that most people don't like, you know, um, I mean, there's, there's some, but it's hard to find shit. That's like any sort of solution geared thing for either the mind, the heart, the soil, the water, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I like your point about the truck thing too. And yeah, I, I feel you on that. On, uh, you know, using whatever you can to promote. And yeah, it's kind of a race. We'll see what happens. And it's nice to enjoy it in the meantime, especially with people. Like, I think that's kind of um, been something that's been on my mind a lot is just the value of community and connection on a real level. Cause you and me kind of definitely went through this whole like the, you know, a lot of like the Hollies that we know, the, well, all the people not from here that we know that um that whole new age movement and shit you know like we have been their friends through all that and seen all these people come and go and it was like oh man, like you know i just kind of was like a lot of that shit was just kind of like fake ass you know mm. whatever and um yeah i'm glad you invited me over because it's cool to reconnect and talk with you know people like you and jesse and yoav and these brothers that i've have withstood long-term friendships with and aren't this transient kind you know people that come and go or somebody that thinks they're a rock star <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck you knuckle <laughs> i'm just kidding bro. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> um but anyway i think that yeah and he's done great too like with waking up a lot of using a lot of cool words that are getting people's minds going and stuff um and certain yeah but uh i don't know why i took a pause to jab at Nako, i guess because our our brothers back in the day he, he's he's all he's got that la life now so he's not really got that roots why thing going on anymore so that was just kind of a bummer to see but uh still a solid brother um and yeah i don't think we can do it alone you know that's damn sure like guys like you and me who don't get out you know we got these little forts set up where we got our chickens and our guns and we don't need you know they're not our, you know what i mean like we're we don't need to go anywhere if we don't want to much and that's isolation and yeah, that whole like tribe mentality is, you know, kind of uh, just an important one to, you know, getting out there and connecting with other people who are like-minded and um, I don't know where I was getting on that tangent, I guess. Uh, I just wanted to put value on that. Yeah, I appreciate that connection. I mean, you're you've been my neighbor for a long time. And this is, I've had this barn since 2011. 
since the 11 11 11 show oh geez no no wow but well no it's actually i started building my my house over here this holiday that same day which just happened to be funny that it went to knock show that night and that, oh. was, that was pretty fun so. <laughs> that was a good show i you know one thing i do i i I'll shout out to brother knox in a way of um bro his inspiration and his drive and his yeah. you know uh, well that's it for our free episode so join us at www.microbialsecret.org for the full episode and join the Microbial Secret Society. So uh, may the beneficial microbes be with you. Aloha.